0: Hello, I'm John Kennedy, and joining me for this episode of Tape Notes is FKJ to talk about how he wrote, recorded, and produced the album, Vincent. Vincent Fenton, known as French Kiwi Juice, or the abbreviation FKJ, is a producer and multi-instrumentalist whose music often draws from new jazz, R&B, and French house. Growing up in Tours, France, From a young age, Vincent immersed himself in his parents' music collections. Inspired, he began teaching himself a variety of instruments, including saxophone, piano, drums and guitar, and started to record music of his own. Alongside his studies, training as a sound engineer for film, Vincent started to perform in nightclubs. His usually loop-based shows would see him play, record and mix every instrument on stage. Having found a style that melded the club-friendly pulse of house with smoother organic elements, in 2012 he released his debut EP, The Twins, on Roche music. A second EP, Time for a Change, arrived the following year, and thanks to its expertly crafted modern retro slant, received millions of plays and unanimous acclaim from critics. In 2017, he released his self-titled debut album. While finding a home amongst hip-hop, electronic and jazz fans alike, his unique sound reached ears further afield with the fully improvised track "Tado," Recorded with fellow musician Masego, it's certified platinum and reached the top 20 of the US R&B charts. Having cemented himself as an innovator on the French house scene, Vincent has since collaborated with numerous artists, including Tom Misch, Santana, Toro Imois, and often his wife, June Marisi. His latest album, Vincent, released in June 2022, is a rich kaleidoscopic experience reflecting several of his important life changes and the shift in mentality that comes with moving to rural isolation in the Philippines. Today, I'm here at Moloko's The Yard studio and I'm joined by FKJ, Vincent, and what better way to start our conversation than by hearing something from the record. This is us. is us by fkj from the album vincent and i'm very pleased to say that fkj is sat here with me hello how are you i'm good thank you great to have you here so uh, the album is vincent it's named after you Mm. vincent fenton your real name Mm -hmm. as opposed to fkj but your whole i love the name french kiwi juice because it's kind of rooted in you
1: isn't it yeah yeah, it, it came during a subway ride in paris back in 2000. 13 I think where I was just looking for a name to read it's this music I had and my parents were the inspiration behind this name my mother's French my dad is a New Zealander which we call a Kiwi mm. and I was just like kind of the the juice is just the mixed blood of it
0: yeah yeah it's great because when you see it you know when I first heard your music and when I first saw it you know written down and I think oh what an interesting name What's...? and then it suddenly clicks into place when you realise your roots it all makes perfect mm-hmm. sense um We're very excited because um, in some ways it's due to popular demand that we've asked you here because loads of Take Notes listeners have all suggested you should talk to FKJ. Really? Nice. Yeah, yeah, I think they're fascinated by the way you work. And we're going to go on a bit of a a tour through your history in a way because you've suggested some tracks that almost go right back to the beginning and and right up to today as well.
1: Yeah. When uh, you guys asked me what tracks I wanted to cover, I kind of looked into, you know everything that I released and I felt these three were interesting on their own, but they're also part of three very different projects that have like the first track so much to me is the first release, my first release. And then Ilong Ilong is probably my f- the favorite song I wrote. And, um, Different Mass for Different Days is part of what I just released. The yeah. last, the last album I released. So yeah, it's like seven years, I think of, yeah, three tracks made in the course of seven years
0: yeah yeah yeah. a good kind of taste and a good sense of the journey yeah the creative journey that you've been on which is really exciting and so much to me is the first one we're going to look at from the time for a change ep which came out in 2013 so if you could play us a blast of the master of that song and then we'll we'll unravel it all right So much to me by FKJ from the very first EP, Time for a Change from 2013, taking us way back to the early days. So when, where did it start? I mean, This whole process that we're aware of that you use, we've seen it live in various different performances, both on stage, and there's, there's so much great footage of you performing, and you often build up these tracks from one little sample and, and work your way through it. What was it like back in 2013, and how did you start this project?
1: Well, back in twenty thirteen, I was in Paris. I was trying to, you know, work as much as possible as a sound engineer because that's that's what it, my background was. I never really wanted to become a sound engineer, but I wanted to learn sound because I wanted to. I knew music already. I, I wanted to learn sound. Yeah. So, so yeah, as a
0: sound engineer for, in a studio or no? In I was. A live I, I studied situation? sound.
1: I studied sound in cinema. So like the school that I found that could kind of accept me The public school was not music was cinema music was all private schools and my parents wanted me to go to a public school so I went to sound engineer uh, for cinema for image so I learned sound um, we didn't talk about music in the, the thing we really talk about cinema and narration and how you can tell stories through sound and sound design and and of course taking sound on foot on on shoots mm. so yeah I was just In Paris, for that reason, but always making music all the time because that's that's always been my real passion. Yeah, because I mean,
0: you play everything.
1: It seems Mm. you're a multi instrumentalist. I mean, I play. I don't certainly don't play everything, but I just picked up some some toys on the way because they were just here where I was. And uh, when I started recording, I was just searching for tools, Mm. tools and toys. And And
0: did you have formal training, or were the instruments just part of your upbringing?
1: No, I, I didn't have training, but I had, uh, my sister had a guitar at home, so I picked up the guitar and then there was internet already when I picked up the guitar and I was 13, so, or 12, so it was 2002. And you could go already to websites and, and picked up some guitar tabs and you just needed to, you know, put numbers on, on those six strings and you could learn how to play your favorite songs. So that's how I started. I just wanted to play music from my favorite artist. so I just picked up the guitar and started playing those different chords that were doing something special to me for some reasons and then I started making my own music and chord progressions and melodies and that's where everything that was around I could pick it up because I had this very tiny sound card and everything I could find I could actually either plug it here or record it through a microphone so I found a little keyboard that my parents had offered us one of a very little toy keyboard and there was a jack output in there so I could actually record this very crappy keyboard and uh, by doing it over and over I I just learned how to play piano. Yeah, And then it just goes on for the other instruments. Yeah,
0: and so that you kind of took all of that experience and that approach to the world in a way with you to Paris where you're meant to be studying sound design and you were I studying yeah? I'm
1: meant to work. I've already done my studies. Right. When I when So you
0: I, did the degree course, was it? Or? Yeah, I yeah. did
1: this three years mm. course um, that is really specialized in in relation to image. But I was making music all the time when I was not working. And Jean Jean-Jean Jeanin, who is uh, one of my best friends, he actually just created his label in Paris called Rush Music. And uh, one day we were just home and I was just playing him some of my stuff and he Yeah, he just asked me if I was down to, you know, release this music, putting it in the world. And so I, I said yes. And then I started playing in Paris very quickly after that first, uh, it was not even a a release at the time. It was just SoundCloud, free download. And it just, yeah, it just took out quickly. And and I think a month after I just dropped my first set of songs on, on SoundCloud, I was already playing a lot in Paris. And then maybe six months later, I was playing in Europe. Right. Amazing. And, um, and
0: by this stage, you'd had that moment on the Metro where you suddenly thought, you know what, I should be French Kiwi
1: music. Yeah, yeah. About that, yeah, yeah during that first month yeah. where I was, yeah. So the environment I was in was really the Parisian environment and the clubs and the concerts and the mm. nightlife also. So do you think you can hear that in So Much To Me? Definitely. Like, yeah. This EP is all environment-inspired because I was, I was playing in clubs, really. Mm. The label nights that we were doing and the lineups I was invited to were all part of that scene and all, I was doing live shows, but in clubs. And so when I was going back in the studio, I just had that drive also to keep making people dance in the club with, you know, this kind of thing that I had going on with this particular kind of chords and sounds and melodies. And so that's why this, this first EP is pretty much all four on the floor
0: yeah yeah that's interesting so kind of inspired by and created for the club environment but yeah. also standing out probably because in most club setups they don't necessarily have people performing live you know people no. are, are
1: DJing really yeah yeah it was always funny uh, going into the club and just having this whole setup with a lot of instruments but just giving one RCA uh, you know <laughs> right. stereo thing that was plugged into the sound card and I was just mixing all the things live with just you know, listening to it and just like, Oh, guitar is too loud right now, I'll just put it down a bit for this song. But it worked out very well. Yeah, I really have some amazing memories from, from these times and it, I also wanna go kind of sometimes I'm I'm planning to go back to some similar setups with some special gigs in the future also.
0: Yeah, that would be brilliant. Um so with So Much to Me, how did this start then?
1: Well at the time I was really into sampling also. So I really loved, you know, not, not just composing with with my instrument, but I I was not singing at all at the time, singing went later. So I was, I was just picking in this a cappella folder I had and that I, I just gathered through the years, a lot of different vocals. Sometimes it was just like a vocal part that was in the middle of the, of a particular song. I'll just hear it and say like, Oh, I need that in that folder and just pick it up. So I just gathered a lot of sounds and yeah, so much to me came from just, came from sample the idea. There's so many different ways to make music, but sometimes the melody comes to you mm. out of nowhere. Sometimes you're just messing around with your instruments and an idea come. But this one, I just picked up the sample first of all. Nothing was there. There was no idea, and I just picked up the samples. And uh, they,
0: these were the vocal samples, or, or yeah,
1: yeah. The Gladys Knight and the Pips. I heard it through the grape grapevine, and um, I started just picking, listening to the a cappella. Uh, which is cleared, so we can play it. Yeah.
0: Next, maybe we should hear about the uh,
1: capella. Yeah. So the if I, because the a cappella is all chopped up right now. But if I copy past it into a new song, mm. so that's the intro. If I just put it together, like if I play it all,
2: how I knew.
1: that's the capella of Gladys Knight. But that beat in particular. Mm is the one that kind of started it all because i thought it was a very just a very nice sound you know and it's also just a, a single note so what i did i just since i was not even playing any instrument at that moment i was just listening to capella i decided to make chords out of this one note so this is the one and i just harmonized it and just made a minor chord out of it and then i just picked up the roads and kind of followed this this sample and um, just keep harmonizing it i did another one here and the chords i just love 1 and 4 it's for me it's those chords the, the minor 1 and 4 it's one of it's the blues it's the yeah and i've grown up listening to a lot of a lot of blues a lot of bb king and I just love the one and four. I just can't, I just never will get sick of the one and four. Like every time I hear it in a new song, I'm always like, this feels so good. And yeah. it's always the one and four, but I don't care. You know, it's just, it doesn't matter if it's the same. You can flip it in so many different ways. So I just went for the one and four on this one. So this is the four actually. And then it goes to the one. So it's four and one, but whatever the order you play it, it just sounds Beautiful every time. And then I just keep adding a bit of this sample in there. That's this one. What I did for this one, I just heard the whole cappella and every time I would hear a nice sound, I would just chop it. Yeah. And I think I put it in a keyboard. So every note of that keyboard had one phrase. Like I would press one key and it would be like this one and I would press another key and it would be and another key would be so I was just playing with it with those harmonies already layered I was just playing with the the rest of the of the a cappella and then I find this, this really cool phrase in the a cappella that and that became like the thing yeah that became the the phrase of the song but one thing that i didn't really like about it, it that it was kind of negative
2: cuz you mean not much to me
1: cuz you mean not much to me and and the vibe of the song was very positive and and sensual so i kind of like trick a bit the thing and and find some some s and stuff in the a cappella and I managed to make it sound like yeah so i managed to make it sound like Cause Cause you it, means so a work. Me. it means
2: so much to me.
1: Yeah, I had to like find yeah. an S and an O.
0: There you go. Yeah, that's brilliant though, because when you hear this track, you wouldn't think of I heard it through the grapevine. I don't think. I mean, maybe some real soul aficionados might, but I don't think so. It sounds like a completely fresh vocal, mm. and you know, so many people are kind of sample hunters, aren't they? And they're like, oh, I wonder where that sample is. But because you rearrange it and rework it and reinvent it so much, it's a pretty tricky job that you've set these sample spotters, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was really fun, you know? It was really fun to do, and, mm. and it was it was not... I remember this song just went very quickly, you know, there's, there's these yeah. moments in... Sometimes we make music, or sometimes it's a bit of a... You're going through obstacles of sound, but this one, I remember, just went... Was done very quickly, and... Yeah, it's just sometimes there's a bit of magic in the air that happens. And, yeah. Um, and what program were you using to do this? Ableton, right. still. Yeah, yeah. Right. I've worked with many different programs, but with Ableton, since I started FKJ, I've always worked on Ableton. Mm. Yeah.
0: And presumably, you find it so intuitive, you no? Know, because it, clearly with this, you were just moving forward in time, creating as you went along, thinking of an idea, trying to work out a way
1: of creating that. Yeah, there's a lot of amazing tools, especially in terms of, of chopping vocal, chopping samples, and and put it in into like the, the vertical view, and just uh, having all the samples. I don't know if the original line, is here. It's not. But I had, I definitely had one track with all the different samples all the way on top of each other, and just playing it with the keyboards, and and you can change pitch also, here very easily with the, with the samples and create harmonies and have different algorithm also with the pitches so you can have some sound very, you know, this one is in pro, for example, so it keeps like, even though it's, it's unpitched, it kind of keeps tries to keep the natural sound of the of the vocals. So there's a lot of really funny things to do with Ableton mm. and, and, and sampling with it. Yeah,
0: what seems so great about the way that you created it was that while you were manipulating the voice and developing that, you were also responding as a musician, coming up with new chords and beats and things that could go with it, you know, and the rest yeah. of the song kind of unfolded.
1: Yeah. Well, that's another thing I really love about chords. It's how you can just play one thing over and over and change the chords of it, and it just totally changes the context. And I really lo- always love to do that.
2: Because you mean that much to me. So
1: for this sentence, for example, it's always the same sentence, always the same melody, but I played maybe like eight different chords on top of this thing at different moments, and so the context just change. That's one chord, that's another chord, you that's another chord. To me. You to me. So even though it's the same sentence repeated over and over, it doesn't feel repetitive. Yeah,
0: because it sounds like the band are all responding to it in different ways, but the band is you 10. taking a different instrument each time and Reacting.
1: So uh, yeah, I really love that repeating a same melody over and over, but changing the chords behind it and changing the context and changing the emotion of that sentence in this chord. Yeah,
0: and it's also interesting the way you do that in terms of the which instrument you respond with. Because say if we take the bass as an example, you know that that is such a prominent part of the track, but it weaves in and out you know and it goes on its own kind of journey but obviously Mm -hmm. you've got this backbone of of that melody staying there and and that vocal line carrying on but you as the band are are kind of free-forming as it were Mm -hmm. it's very exciting i mean is there anything else that we should hear from the track before we move on to the next
1: selection um i'm trying to think but these are all things that I would do a lot at the time. Like during this period of time, I was, I really, I really love like these guitar lines. I would always record my guitar three times, put one left, one in the middle, one right, and put a phase on each one of them and play it like very chucked, you know? So that was kind of my signature sound for this EP in particular. Mm. I did that on every track of the EP and just play the melodies like this. Another thing is that Sawtooth, which is very, uh, super simple synth. It's just a sawtooth that has a little pitch bending at the beginning and that is filtered. It's the most easy synth you can make with just a regular synthesizer. But it just sounds great to me. I just really love it. And I've been using this preset I made so quickly up to now, you can still hear it in Vincent. I've been using it so this just this scent, yeah,
3: it it be. it it
1: and of course the roads that especially using the pitch uh, with it. I've always loved using this and. You can hear it in in mm. a few of my songs in this EP, but even even after. Yeah, and the drums. I mean,
0: what kind of drum approach were you taking
1: here? Uh, at the time, these drums were all programmed. I think most of them. I played some few things like on the MPC, but yeah, these drums were coming from samples. I would I would find just same thing. At this thing with collecting things and putting them into an fkj folder
0: building a sample library yeah building a a sample library from from records or from found everything
1: from records from from things i would record either with my phone or zoom recorder from banks also from sample banks but i would just go through all the sample if i had time to and just select just a few of them and really work with them Mm. so i still have that to this day i still have a folder with not that many sounds actually but just sounds i really love yeah and um, on Vincent, it's different because I played everything. There was not really very, very few programming. But yeah, I still have that bank and will still use it in the future, especially when I'm traveling and I can play everything like right now. Yeah, because
0: yeah. I mean, we're talking to you tomorrow. You play as part of All Points East in London. And I love the fact that you've got all of these stems on your
1: laptop, you know, here with you as you, I as always, you travel. That's, yeah, I always have, I have this hard drive and this hard drive has all my music ever made. Right so that's why I have it I yeah. have it today and I always have it with me Yeah and yeah. I hope that there's a backup sure. of that. <laughs> There's a backup yeah sure. <laughs> Glad to hear that Oh yeah there was one thing that uh I heard on on um on Adele's last album I think it's track 3 My Little Love it's called and the the intro is so similar to this intro. It's crazy. Wow. And I wonder if she heard the track. Her producer heard the track. But yeah. it's really funny how the start of that song is so similar to the start of this song. I didn't check the, the key, if it's the same key, but, right. but it was a funny thing for me to hear because I was receiving texts from everyone after the release of her album saying that she sampled you or she, right. I don't know, got inspired by you or something yeah. like this.
0: Very interesting. But you haven't heard back from the backstory or, no, 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 I haven't asked no, 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 haven't no. Asked. well we'll put it out there um, so um, before we move on to the next song we're going to look at maybe we could hear the finished version of this again
1: and maybe uh, build it up so I'll just play it when it actually drops just after the intro so I'll play the vocal first so the vocal is just a the start of that sense, sentence but just with like a, because you a delay that kind of follows the, the kick drum and then I,
2: because uh, you I'll
1: start with the rhythm actually so it kind of follows that, that four on the floor thing, because some other sub kicks going on, a bit of you things to put some brightness in it. Then I get the snaps, claps, <CeCRA2> the slab bass, combined with a, a real bass actually, in the bottom, just for the low end. Then this guitar I was we're talking about. The roads, there's like three roads stacked on top of each other. The sawtooth, another synth, and that's that's pretty much it. That's the whole track. That's the whole song. It's great,
0: especially combined with that kind of vocal. It really feels as if it could be an eight-piece band. Playing behind the singer, but it is just you. And then, you know, what kind of size club would you have been playing this live in? Oh,
1: it would be in like small, Mm. 400, 500 people clubs, yeah, in in Paris, UK also a lot, right? A lot in the UK at the time. Must have been really
0: exciting, you know, especially because
1: the great thing about club is
0: people are there to have a good
1: time. They're ready to dance. That's something really different about now is that at the time the people could almost touch the laptop, you know? Mm. It was really like a very... We were so close to each other, I could see everyone's face. And now it became to a point where you can't really see people's expression anymore. You see just the... That. So that's why I was talking to you, what I was talking to you at the start is that I'm planning to also bring those smaller setups back Yeah. into live performance, because it's just something very precious to be able to, you know, see how people are feeling the music. Yeah. That you're playing
0: totally yeah. fantastic. We're going to take a quick break and then we're going to return and have a look at Ilong Along. The next song we're going to look at from the FKJ Journey Through Sound is Ilong Along, the title track of the Ilong Along EP from 2019. So, Vincent, if you're ready, let's play the track. and it's 2019 Vincent so this is six years after that that debut EP and we're already in a very different sound world I think here and it's such
1: a beautiful peaceful piece of music what's been going on? A lot's been going on I've left Paris I'm actually in the middle of the of the jungle on the island we live uh, with June in the Southeast Asia so we're in a very in a very remote place and uh I found this. I found this house. Um, I think it was on Airbnb, something like this. Found this house in the middle of the jungle, and uh, we just decided to spend month there. In the Philippines. In the Philippines. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, June was pregnant at the time, so we just needed a place, you know, a, a peaceful place to go through it and just, you know, quiet, and we would feel good. So um, find this Airbnb, and then just move. Everything there, so I brought all my instruments from Paris and just moved there. And we stayed six months in in this place. The owner of this place named one of the rooms Ilong Ilong, and that's the room where we were staying and where all the equipment was, and where I made this EP, which right. I called it because because of this room. Yeah, it was a really magical time. I have so many amazing memories from this time, and um, and also a, also a difficult time because. June was pregnant, but the baby ended up not making it. And one of the songs of the EP is, um, telling this story. So it was a lot of amazing emotions going on at the time. And, um, yeah, the music that came out of it is just very, you know, same as, as it was for when I made Time for a Change EP. It was just sponging my environment. Mm. So what came out of it was way more calmer, contemplative, and, um, yeah, this one comes from just a, a very like calm as as every night was very calm and and magical with the stars and everything and and I was just on the piano and this melody just came out of nowhere, you know. Yeah. So this process was more, you know, not the, the process of just messing around with one instrument and and then the idea comes and and you just know it. This is the idea. So I started playing this melody maybe the first bounce or export of it is probably just the piano. You know, it's probably, if I play like V1, uh, it's probably just the piano from start to finish. Yeah, that's the first thing that night. I put already a little bit of things, but it's not played exactly the same way. I actually replayed it. And it's not exactly the same chord, I changed it. But I think I, I did. I just continued it the day after, and it was pretty much done. But yeah, that's that's the real take I ended up taking, and you can hear the the ambience of the of the place. Mm.
0: And so, sorry, um, in terms of what equipment and which instruments. So in my mind, you see, I'm I'm picturing. I watched the recent Tiny Desk performance mm-hmm. that you gave, which I think is July twenty twenty two. Mm-hmm. There in this room, you've got a kind of big glass mm-hmm. window surrounding you and, and a very cleverly set up array of instruments that you can move around mm-hmm. really, really easily. Yeah. And then through the glass, we can see the jungle through the window and it looks absolutely beautiful. So this Airbnb, because we know that Airbnbs vary uh, according to wherever they are. And, um, you know, some live up to that kind of expectation. Is that a similar type environment? Could you see outside? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And it is was it all the
1: same instrumentation? Or? No, 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 no. So the the place you saw in the Tiny Desk is actually our home. So it's way more, there's, there's a real piano, there's a lot more instrument. This time was really like, I just flew with my instrument. Maybe I took two flights, maybe a friend came with some more instrument in the third flight. But right. I had just the, all the basic stuff. So I had one guitar, I had one bass, I had a big 88 Keyboard, but an electronic keyboard. Yeah, an electronic yeah, keyboard. Eighty-eight yeah.
0: keys. So that piano setting on that—that's just the piano setting. Yeah. It's not your beautiful
1: piano that we see. For this track, the piano is from uh, it's from Contact and it's called the Gentleman and it's definitely my favorite piano sounds. Mm. That is not real.
0: Yeah. Well, it sounds beautiful, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, it's
1: a beautiful it? piano sound. And and then yeah, then I have a, I had a mic, I had a, two saxophones and and an MPC. Right, And that was it. That was my setup.
0: Yeah. And, so um, so a kind of truncated or yeah. stripped down version of what you would normally have. And in terms of recording, again, using Ableton.
1: I always use Ableton. Yeah, And um, yeah, whatever the tools, you know, I think that if you just give me an MPC or if you just give me a little controller or whatever, or just a mic, I'd be happy with it. You know, I feel like you can make so much of one thing if you only have that one thing. Yeah, that's uh, you, you can make so little of it if you have s- too many things, so that's dangerous also. I, I'm not really advocating, for myself at least, I personally don't want to get too many things. Sure. So even if that sounds stripped back, uh, that setup I had in the jungle, it was way enough. And um, making an album with, or a project, whatever, or just a song with a limitation is very exciting to me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, just making a song with one mic, for example. So yeah, that, that was my setup there and that's what I made the EP with. Yeah, And, and so we hear that final take,
0: I think you were saying that the, yeah. that's the final version of the piano there. So you're inspired to create that melody. And yeah. then, then how would you decide to develop that? Well,
1: this one was really a whole composition from start to finish. So it starts with the melody and then it goes into a, into a bridge. It changed chords to go into a bridge. So I'm just soloing the piano now. So I actually composed the song, wrote the thing entirely on piano, and then the rest was just kind of all what I added. So bass, strings, um, rhythm when it drops. Was just meant to elevate that initial melody. You know, it's really a piano song. I can play just on the piano without anything like I did in the Tiny Desk. Mm. Um, And it's one of my favorite melodies that I've created. But yeah, I added. That's the ambience of the room. I've just recorded it with my phone and added it there. Then June was with me also, so I added those like little samples of a voice. That's her right now. That's June with like a tremolo effect. And I think. That's her
0: also. But you. Your voice is on there too. So there's a combination of voices. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. That's the... Yeah, where is she? That's her. And yeah, there's my voice also doing the the backing vocals. That's my voice. And then one thing in the piano that really changed everything was when I was mixing it. I went to my studio's friend called OTPI it's in Paris it's um, it's my friend he's also uh, mixing me sometimes in live when my my main sound engineer cannot come and yeah he has this huge plate in his studio which is an actual reverb plate he he stores it in like one of the storage rooms of the studio and it's a real reverb plate and so I went to his studio to mix this EP I already mixed most of it but I just wanted to hear it and in a good system and also tweak little things if it was needed. And uh, he was listening to the song and it was like, you get everything on the sides, but you don't have much going on in the middle. And that piano is also so wide. Like everything else is, is very wide. Like everything is pretty wide. So what we did, we run the piano through that plate and we put that plate right in the middle. And that plate sounds like this on its own. And it's a giant piece of, of reverb. It's like a, I don't know, three meter by, by one meter, very heavy plate. And that, to me, made something really magical with the mix of the song. Because you really have something going on in the middle. You have this beautiful reverb going on in the middle. If I take it out, it's really mostly on the side. But if I put it back, you really have something going on in the middle.
0: The bass is an interesting choice because that is, is very basic. I and mean, that, that kind of links us back to the club in a way.
1: Yeah, totally. It's just a, a mashup of different genres and era and mm. influence. But yeah, that bass is straight up subby and <laughs> with like distortion on it. And even that beat is very, you know, electronic, really electronic. And- And then you get all the, the strings. That is definitely more of my background in cinema and film music. And yeah. I've always been very influenced by Bernard Herrmann, for example, like a lot of different composers. Mm. So yeah, it's, it's really a mix of, of so many different different things. And for those string parts, are they just on a
0: keyboard just coming up with yeah.
1: a sound? Yeah, some of them are straight-up audio. This one is coming from the audio of this big idiot key. And I think I added some of them that are from Contact. But they're still played. Everything is played, even though it's inside the program. One thing I find inspiring is to compose with a mouse. That's something I I really don't want to do ever because that way I just have as little thoughts as possible between each note. I'm just like my hands are going faster than than my head can. Mm. And so yeah just everything flows way easier naturally when I'm playing things. So even though things are inside the program I'm still playing yeah everything as much as I can except when I really can't when I'm like I don't know on the plane with only bluetooth yes headphones and i cannot play with the keyboard because there's a latency or something like this then yeah we'll use the mouse
0: yeah yeah and it, it's interesting you you reference bernard herman or you know film composers having done a sound design course for the cinema is very interlinked and when we listen to it along and along i mean it conjures up so many different things and could you could really hear so much of your music Vincent, being used for films, you know, and I'm surprised that
1: that isn't a path that you'll follow at some point. Well, I was before, when I started working after studying sound and cinema, I was actually working on sound on shoots, but I was actually also composing for people that needed some music, you know, in the image. It could be uh, for an independent movie or for an ad or whatever. Mm. So I did that a bit. I did that a bit before starting this, but it was, you know, I I feel like there's something about finding the right director to work with and to find, have the right people to work with in that field. And that was not the case back then, but maybe later, maybe it's something I would end up doing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And I guess now a few albums in the sound of FKJ and the musical world that you've created for FKJ is something that people might come to you for now. Because they can hear it and understand it, and mm. and want to capture or want a part of that in in what they're doing. Um, and going back to the voices, um, recording your voices for long and long. Um, did you bring mics with you, or did you just use the laptop mic? Or yeah, no? I had a mic. Yeah. I had one mic, just one. Yeah, right. just one mic. Yeah, yeah. yeah So yeah. you use that to record all the instruments and the voices. Just yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. As you say, you know, it's necessity is the mother of invention, and. You know, you like to limit yourself.
1: Yeah. Um, but the- yeah. At the time I had just one mic for vocal, for saxophone for, and I would just plug the guitar straight inside the, the sound card. Now that I have like a more of a home, that I made a home during the pandemic, because we didn't really have a choice to then to settle. Yeah, I have one specific mic for my saxophone, one specific mic for my piano, one, and everything is plugged and ready to go. But I think it's just, yeah, it's just bonus, you know. To have this, it's great to have that specific gear and be able to go into a sound texture that you really love and that you took time to work on and to listen to, to different mics and different preamps and everything. Uh, it's great. It's really fun when you can do it. But I definitely advise everyone to, that want to create to just go in, you know, just go in. Just don't wait till you have that piece of gear. Just do it whatever you, you have. Yeah, because sometimes really bad piece of gear can create also amazing things that great piece of gear can't yeah that's so true
0: should we move on from along along and up sure. to the modern day Yeah. so uh, maybe another little bit of along along to, to play it out and then we're going to look at different masks for different days cool Such a beautiful song. Along Along, FKJ. And the next song we're going to look at from FKJ is Different Masks for Different Days. The next song we're going to look at from FKJ is Different Masks for Different Days, taken from the new album, the Vincent album, which came out in 2022, only a few months ago, Vincent. And so before we have a listen to it, it, it's three years on from the Along Along EP. Things have changed. You're now living permanently in the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, you're post-pandemic, well, you're pandemic idyll, possibly, uh, and post-pandemic. But now you're back out. You've got a new album. You're touring the world again, or will be. And so it's quite it's quite different. But in approaching Vincent, you named it after yourself. You know, what's going on? What's the difference?
1: Oh, well, it's uh, it's definitely a, a pandemic album. I mean, I mean, the whole album during the pandemic in this other house at this time, that is mm-hmm. our house. But the difference there, I guess, is that I want to talk about something in particular with this album. I want to talk about the innocence that uh, I want this to be the theme of the uh, the album, which is the the creative innocence we have when we're kids you know and and the freedom that we have in creatively when we're kids we don't think of the purpose we just think of the process we're just enjoying and, and re- present with the process we don't think about what this thing is gonna become. And that makes some very pure and interesting creations. And I just wanted to talk about this in this album and I wanted to also talk about how growing up and becoming an adult, you can sometimes get away from it. And it's, as for an artist, it's bad. You, You need to, as much as possible, get onto it. But also the adult mind is good for some things also. It's so, it's really about a balance between the very innocence, messy innocence and the kind of more intellectual mind that we have when we become adults and try to combine them together Yeah, and so, so that's,
0: this is the, it's getting back to the, the inner child of Vincent, is yeah, it? Totally. Yeah,
1: totally, so I first named it Lost Innocence and then and then I changed it to Vincent mm. Yeah, it's just a name i born with and, Yeah And uh, it just reminds me of my childhood so that's how it came about
0: yeah, seems to make perfect sense. And different masks for different days. We're going to hear a bit of that now. And then we're going to look into how you created it. Different Masks for Different Days by FKJ from The Vincent Album. So where did it start? I mean, it starts with the sax, it starts with the piano and those angelic choir, angel voices that come in. You now it's it interesting listening to that, knowing how you created along along and, along and um, the way you use voices in that, you know, is it a similar process or completely different?
1: I would say this is, yeah, this is a similar process to Elong along that it is to so much to me, for example. The initial idea also came with the piano, so I think this... This is the demo on the piano, on my piano at home. It's me jamming on the piano for 14 minutes, so we're not going to hear the 14 minutes, but if I skip through it, I'm just playing this melody that um, might have come before I was on the piano. I can't really, but sometimes the melody just comes when you're not in the studio, and I can record it on my phone or just keep it in mind, and then I I reach the instrument. So I'm not exactly sure, but this might have come before I went on the piano. But yeah, then I just have this recording and, and I just sit with it whenever I decide you know, there's a lot of different ideas on this phone, on this this laptop that are just waiting to just be sit with. So that's what happened with this one. One day I just sat with this initial recording and decided to play it with the saxophone instead of the piano. The piano is still being played in the background. That's a new recording on the piano, but the, The saxophone is really the one that is driving the song. This track definitely made me think of of the city Mm. or something by night in the city. The theme of it, Different Masks for Different Days, is the the title comes from that idea that we're just all social chameleons and that we, we just change masks in according to who we are with, and that's something I caught myself doing a lot sometimes. So just like, oh, I wouldn't have said that with that person, but I acted like this way because I was with this person in particular. And um, it's definitely, I think it's my most melancholic song I've ever made. And that theme is, is kind of a bit of a dark theme also to mm. just not being able to be truly uh, yourself at any moment. But I kind of wanted to put the, city ambience because that's all cities where all the social interactions happen and stuff but instead I put this ambience that I recorded and um, this is actually 2017 in a tour bus so this is just the bus but put into a phaser so it's the ambience of the bus driving through town but put inside a phaser and this was in one of those folders I was talking to you about it was just there and I just dropped it, and this became kind of the soundscape for the song. And then rhythm kind of starts in the song at that beat here. It is like, and that
3: instrument,
1: that instrument is one that I used almost on all the drums of this album. It's a modular synth. I have this modular setup where I have two different things going on, but this one is called Chimera, and it's it's a percussion module, really, that you can really tweak around. And So what I did with this song, and also with many songs of the album, actually tweaking it, I'm playing the sequence, so the sequence is always these two, but the settings on it is constantly changing throughout the whole song because it's yeah, it's recorded. The track right. is entirely recorded, so sometimes it goes, it really changes in, in different ways, and it makes the sound, especially during moments that are more intense. It makes a big difference in the song. Most of the drums comes from that, that modular system I have. Not all from Chimera, but same here for the snares. They change as the song goes. So that's, I really love that about modular is that I can really tweak the sound while the song is going according to to different... I mean, you can do it inside the program, but it's so much more fun to do it with, yeah. the, with while, while it's actually playing. Um, this is also modular, maybe not the Shimmer, maybe it's another piece of gear. But I can really change it real time during moments. And um, it makes things more alive, even though it's all electronic drums.
0: It also seems to conjure up the city. You know, it sounds like train yeah. tracks or, or it something It does, like
1: Yeah, that. it sounds kind of a train. It inspired one of the... We shot a video in actually in London for this song by night in the city and uh, yeah this sound inspired a train passing and we ended up putting it in the in the video. This is a real ride that I recorded but I'm pitched it. So it sounds not really like a drum. Yeah. And then yeah, what makes this song interesting is really the the heavy drop, in my opinion. It's really that very powerful moment during the drops where everything goes. Either. And that came from choosing the right samples in the modular for that bit to really hit and. And, of course, this bass, which is... Um, uh, if I take out all the effect chain, it's really just um, a sin. Well, it still sounds distorted right now. But it shouldn't... Uh, but yeah what I did is I added loads of distortion on, on that thing and to make it sound like this. And yeah one of the one of my favorite plugins to do that is The Little Radiator by Sun Toys. It's such a simple plugin there's literally just two knobs on it and it's just one called Heat and one called Mix. And yeah, it's been my favorite digital distortion for probably the last three years. I've been just using this every time I I need distortion. Or even if I don't need distortion, but I need something to feel a little bit dirtier, even if it's to put like just a very tiny bit of it, I really love it. I really think it's it's one of the most pleasing digital distortion I've heard to this day.
0: Yeah. So you just put everything through that when you. Well, if I need to, it, yeah, if yeah. I
1: if I record drums and they sound too clean, and um, I need kind of some warmth to it, I will put this. If I'm home and I can put things through analog hardball gear, distortion preamps, and make the preamps crack up, I will do it because it's fun to do to actually use analog gear and, and to have those. But this always works. I just. Like now, if I'm away, I will stack up some of them a bit of everywhere if I need it, and and yeah, you get you get very close to um, the actual analog console, distorting and that special sound that you have with that. You get pretty close to that with this, yeah.
0: Yeah, and the projects go with you wherever you go. Yeah, with the possibility that of oh, I'll, I'll have a moment. I might get a chance to fiddle around, or or you might be inspired, or. Feel in that mood? Do you need to be in a particular mood to, to start working or, or do you push oh, yourself every day to do it?
1: No, I don't push. I think you can be, I love making music where, when whatever my, like, if I'm sad or if I'm very happy, there's not one that much better. Like, both are going to be very interesting as long as there are like uh, good emotions going on. It can be happiness or it can be, can be also sadness uh one thing i don't find very useful is uh negativity that doesn't often work if i'm negative that day or if i'm grumpy that usually doesn't work so I'd, i in these days i wouldn't i would just do something else like work out you know what can be done to not feel this way anymore rather than just stop trying to make music and and be you know annoyed by yeah. it, not uh, I think I figured this out uh, pretty early to know how to not push it when it's not useful to be pushed. Yeah. yeah. So, so even
0: as a, if we go back to you being a teenager and learning instruments and playing instruments, you, you realize that negativity for you wasn't a useful
1: emotion to be yeah. trapped in. Never. It just never really worked. But yeah, sadness is a different thing because mm. it actually it creates amazing, beautiful things. But yeah, negativity is just something... Uh, you should work on rather than work on something yeah, <laughs> you know, when yeah. You have it. that's yeah. really interesting and in
0: terms of those wonderful voices you've got on this song
1: uh, so that's like it's actually my voice but it's pitched in everywhere possible so if you just listen to the to the group of voice that's all my voices but they are This is my voice pitch, one octave higher. And with that algorithm, I was telling you about the pro-algorithm, so it still sounds kind of like... If I take out the pro-algorithm, it would sound like... It would sound more like a little mouse.
0: And now that you have an array of microphones to play with, is there
1: a go-to vocal microphone? For me, so I I was using... uh, This whole album was done with uh, a microphone that is not a vocal microphone at all. It was done with a Shops microphone. It's Shops uh, MC, is it MC6? Which is um, a piano mic that I discovered in cinema also because they're using the the CMC6. Yeah. They're using this mic a lot for um, ambient sound.
0: And so you recorded all your vocals using that? Even on the tracks, because that is an interesting technique, say, with a track like Let's Live, you no, know, you're singing on that. Um, and I noticed in some of the, the performances of some of these songs, you know, that you're way off mic. You know, another engineer or producer might say, hang on a minute, look, are you going to sing on mic or what? You no, know, because that's not what you're you're doing or what you're trying to. Mm-hmm. You're creating a feeling and a mood when you're singing. You know, and so to be bang up on the microphone singing in a particular way
1: isn't what you're going for at all. No, I'm... I'm... So the mic is called MK41, sorry, it's not right. called MC. But yeah, I usually sing very far from the mm. mic, which, you know, sometimes there's no like exact way to do it, but I just enjoy being far. And um, I just love this mic because it's not bright. And I, I like, I don't know, for this album, I just love no brightness at all. So there's, if you compare this album to another one, it's a very... Pretty dark uh, in terms of, of sonics. There's no very bright hi-hats. There's no very bright anything. There's not much above 12 kilohertz. And it was just the mood I was going on. I, I didn't, if you listen to Time for a Change EP, my first EP, it's the total opposite. It's very bright. So the mic I was using before that I was bringing everywhere with me was this very small TLM-102 by Neumann and I was bringing it all the time because it was so small. It could fit in my bag all the time. Right. And so I had it in this Airbnb where I made the Ilong Ilong EP. But when I started making this album, I still had the mic, but it's a very bright mic and it was just too bright for my voice. So I decided to try the mic that I was using for my piano, which was a, a couple of uh, stereo set Shops MK41 that I bought for my piano. That sounds amazing. and that. I discovered when I was shooting with the in cinema because mm. they love using these mics for ambiences, Yeah, it just had that flat curve in the high, and you didn't hear all the, you know, all the, all the in the voice. There was just not not. It was very flat, and there was not much to do in terms of EQ. So that's the one I used yeah. on all all these vocals, whatever.
0: Yeah, so whatever style, whether it be the kind of more distant away from the mic style that you live, use on Let's Live or, or for this, which sounds like, I mean, this sounds you know, like it could be 50 people singing there yeah. together in a room.
1: Well, I think there's like some, also some effects to it that make it sound like it's uh yeah, there's like this choir effect. If I take it out, it's way more in the center. But if I put it back, it's way spread out. It's the AVOX choir by Antares that I use on there. And of course, there's a lot of, there's a heavy sidechain. The kick is really sidechaining, pretty heavy on everything. So that's something, of course, I do if I need that, that impact. Yeah. And then there's those, those little sampling vocals that comes back. which I didn't do much on this album, I didn't sample much, I wrote, it was more like a, an album of songs and a concept and kind of a, more of a message to pass through, so I wrote a lot and I didn't sample as much. I didn't sample, I think, at all apart from this part of right. the song.
0: And what do what they sample from?
1: Good question. They might be if I play this. That's me, actually. So I sample myself. Yeah. So I guess I didn't sample any other vocals at all on this album. Yeah. Because even this one is myself.
0: But I guess you were looking for that effect or that sound quality. So, you know, you recreated it, but using it yourself. Um, And so when you're mixing these records? I mean, you mentioned your friend who you had that amazing plate reverb, but uh, generally, are you mixing all the albums yourself with Vincent, did you?
1: Usually I'm mixing everything myself since the start. And um, for this one, I did also do the mix. The only difference with this album is that I also do the mastering usually. And this album, I didn't do the mastering myself. So at first I mixed everything and mastered everything on this album. And uh, sent it to the vinyl, and they pressed the vinyl with my mix, my masters. But I wasn't happy about the sound on the vinyl. The sound was kind of distorting, uh, in some parts. And so my manager was like, "Do you want to have the the album mastered for vinyl? Because we know well the guys from Abbey Road, and and so like we just asked them to do it, and so like yeah, sure, let's do it. Then Oli from Abbey Road, who is an engineer there, you know, took care of the uh, mastering for vinyl, and he also, asked, he also asked me, like, you know, what a good thing would be could be for this album would be stem mastering, would be basically not mixing really, but me sending all the groups. So I think I did seven, six or seven groups, which was like kick, snare, all the rest of the percussions and I had and then like bass and melody and vocals. And then instead of having all my tracks, all my effects, all my sense no, it just has six or seven tracks to play with and he did the mastering with those, those six stems and it, there's a lot of clarity that came from it because he could hear there's something that when you do everything yourself and I don't really advise to do it you sometimes you kind of lose a bit of step back your hearers are not focusing on the whole thing you know the, which is not a focusing thing actually it's like you're not hearing the whole thing you're focusing on on some parts of it and that's doesn't give you the bigger picture. It gives you usually when I hear a song of mine, like if I'm gonna play right now the song I've been working on yesterday, I'm gonna hear the song. I'm probably gonna focus on the last thing I recorded that yesterday. So I'm, yesterday I, I think I did the percussions last or something like mm-hmm. this. I'm probably gonna be like hearing them and and losing the bigger picture of the thing. So it was really good after hearing this song so many times to have someone take over and just take out some of the things or add some of the things that were lacking or take out some of the things that were too much and then send it back to me and then I would hear it like, oh yeah, this track was way too muddy and I didn't hear it because I didn't have that step back. But he could hear it because he was hearing it for the first time. So there was a lot of improvement and um, some of it didn't mean anything. Some of it were just right. It was interesting. So I'll do that again, definitely. And um, yeah, I think it's definitely good. I mix my stuff because I love doing it and uh, I learned how to do it and it's uh, also very practical to be able to do it because you can just send the song and if you decide to add something to the song or to take out something, you're the one that mixed it so you don't have to go through another person to yeah. do changes again. You can just do changes and mix again but if you find the right person, if you have a you know solid relation with a mixer or a mastering engineer go for it because it's really good to have that step back
0: yeah really Mm -hmm. interesting and in terms of so it was the test pressing that came through Yeah, the test pressing and that you know the whole purpose of the test pressing yeah (laughs) yeah yeah. it's not just say yeah it sounds great and it's on a piece of vinyl but it actually it just wasn't sounding right yeah it wasn't sounding right distorting yeah so it all worked out that whole process that you hadn't really considered before suddenly came into its own and and were you self-taught in terms of learning to mix?
1: Well, the mixing, all the sound aspects I learned in cinema school. Mm, Yeah. Yeah, That's really where where it came from because it was really fun for me to learn music, but it was not looking that fun to learn like science, kind of, you know, because it's kind of a science, you know, science of sound and to learn how, how every aspect, every parameter on a compressor what does it mean? It's kind of boring when you think about it. It's not boring now, but at the time it would be like, oh, it's really fun to learn the chord progression that, uh, I don't know, on this Standgate song, but it's not as fun to learn like what a threshold attack, a release and a gain means on a compressor. So that's why I felt like, yeah, the cinema score was really useful for me because you were in that situation where you had to learn it. and yeah. um, And so I learned all of these things. Uh, there just mixing for you know mixing dialogues or mixing ambient sounds with with music and dialogue for different types of images
0: yeah so then it it widens your arsenal of knowledge you know that, yeah, that you can apply totally. to whatever to your own music to yeah. nothing else yeah, it's yeah fascinating um i think maybe we should wrap up different masks for different days is there anything we haven't heard or do you want to play it out and highlight things as as you play them
1: so yeah, we can. I can just play the end of the drop. And then that will lead to the breakdown. So piano comes back. Same exact piano as Ilong Ilong. So that's The Gentleman again? That's the Gentleman, gentleman. yeah. yeah. Then seconds comes back. Recorded with ribbon mics. I always use ribbon mics for saxophones because there's so there's so much um, you know noise from the when you record saxophone. There's so much noise coming from the the mouthpiece and the... I don't know. How you call this noise, but they're basically like yeah. And white noise and uh, ribbon mics are great because. They cut the, the end, they cut the high end and you just lose that white noise without needing an EQ to cut it out. And so you keep a really nice round uh, sound with these ribbon mics. And yeah, then there's the Ambience of the, the bus comes back. Oh, it's funny because that's a good way to wrap it up, I guess. That sound you can hear right here. That is the build up of drums. That's actually from so much to me. Oh wow! That's a sample I picked up from the session. Wow! That Very is that is actually in the other side. It's, you can hear it during the intro of So Much To Me, so, yeah. Amazing, um, going all the way back to 2013. It? 20, it was either So Much To Me or either the track Unchained on the same EP, but I remember mm. going back to that EP to get that sound. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the songs I'm... It's the mo- one of the most fun songs to play live right now of this new album, for sure it's a song that works great with a big crowd and a big sound system. Yeah.
0: Do the crowd sing the parts?
1: Not really, because there's not really anything to no, sing. But I could, um, I
0: could kind of see them doing it, though,
1: and swaying. Well, maybe they do, you know, it's difficult to tell now. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, what everyone is doing really looking at the show, but I'll have a look tomorrow. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. So good to have you here, Vincent. Um, Before I let you go, there's a a, a couple of questions that we like to ask everybody who comes on the show. First is a technical thing. Is there a piece of kit, a piece of technology that you can't live without, but it
1: might be one project by project or in general? No. Well, I would, yeah, I think the, the most important thing is the recorder. You know, I mean, I love all my instruments for sure but without the recorder by the in,
0: recorder you mean ableton yeah or, yeah or, I the, mean this, or the, the laptop the laptop in yeah.
1: ableton is is my most important piece of gear because yeah it just prints thing, and um my other instruments are i mean it's tough because i love so much to play instrument i would be not happy with just a laptop i would need something to play with but also as we were talking earlier you can do really music with nothing so if I had just a printer, just a recorder, maybe I'll just use the mic of it and then a mic of the laptop and then try to, you know, get around with it with just the mic and I can still record vocals and I can still record percussions. with. But yeah, having an instrument and one instrument and a recorder would be ideal.
0: Yeah. Mm. With regard to plugins, um, are there particular plugins that you like to work with? You mentioned a few during the course of our chat.
1: Yeah, I mentioned the little radiator which is uh, my favorite digital distortion. I would say like that whole bundle, Santoise bundle. So the Santos bundle has the the little radiator and it has also all the Santoise effects. So there's like the little plate also, which is a, a reverb I use all the time. It's also so simple. It's just a one knob reverb. I mean, there's three knobs, but there's just time, mix, and a low cut. It's such a simple reverb, but... Sounds so good. Sounds really close to a real plate. And um, I use that suite a lot, that Santa suite, because it's a very creative suite and you can, even if they, like all their plugins in maybe there's like 15 of them, they all do basic things like delays, but they really push it. Like the delays actually, uh, the Echo Boy is a crazy delay. You can go so well with it. The Filter Freak, as it sounds, it's, you, know, you can really go well. Also, yeah, I would say if if I had one pack of plugins to go with, it would be the Sun Toys one because they they're just fun. You know, this this is why they name the Sun Toys. They're just fun to play with, and they sound great. Yeah.
0: The other question we ask everybody is for advice. We need advice, Vincent. Mm. Have you ever received advice that has been a, a kind of guiding star through these years, or have you learned things along the way that you would like to share with other
1: people? Yeah, I'm learning every day. I mean, I'm always learning from, you know, either people who have experience in, in, in music, but also just people that have experience in art, and it can come from a book, or it can come from... a yeah, it can come from a writer, it can come from director. It it really doesn't matter. It comes. It's just advice about creativity, really. And so I'm I'm still learning. You know, I'm always. I guess the goal is to learn how to always be in the zone. You know, because once you're in the zone, you're there, and it's fine. You you know, and yeah, the goal is just to keep being in the zone. And for that, you need the less thoughts possible that goes to your head. The less you need to not worry about. The product you need to just be enjoying the process, so I guess uh if I had an advice to give, i mean, if you do something that you gonna kind of love so much, then you're going to go in the zone you're going to go in the zone because you just you just love it so much and uh and if you if you love it so much, there's high chance that it's going to be at least there's going to be a few people out there that's going to love it as much as you, no matter how weird it is. So I think that if if whoever listens to this, like, find this thing, and they know that this thing makes them feel so good, don't question it. Don't question it one second. This is it. This is it. You don't have to make any one of your friends listen to it. You don't have to doubt the first maybe feedbacks you're gonna have of it. There's gonna be some people out there that's gonna gonna love it, you know? And it's gonna make you unique. Even if it's like a few people, this is gonna be so much better than just try to do something that is, you know, hype at the time or trying to do something that is uh, trendy right now. Maybe this is gonna, you know, get you going for a few years, but it's not gonna be something that is gonna touch on such a deep level so um, I think um, one of the reasons it kind of worked out is because I was looking for a particular genre of music when I started, but I was struggling to find it. So I just made it, made what I wanted to hear. And I was very happy because I was making it. And other people, you know, got it and, yeah. and connected with it. And so, and, and sometimes I would make it listen to some of my friends and none of it, none of them would like it, you know? And I was, I was thinking, oh, damn, maybe what I did is, is bad. But then I would put it to the world, and so many people would like it. So just trust, trust what you like. This is it. If you love it so much, this is it. Yeah. Keep to that
0: dictum. It's worked for you. It's going to work for other people. Hopefully. Thanks so much, Vincent, for taking the time out while on tour to talk to us and, and guiding us through this journey through music. Um, one final task is to choose an outro track from the Vincent album. From the Vincent album? Yeah. Okay. Something that people can get another taste of what it's all about. I Um, mean, you do have a song called "Way Out," which
1: (laughs) obviously yeah. Let's play this one because I I wanted to play this one for the intro, maybe. So let's just play it for the outro. Thanks again, Vincent. Welcome. Thanks. A real pleasure. That's cool.
0: Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed the episode. If you have a moment, do tell your friends and leave us a review. It all really helps. Thanks to those of you who have already donated to the show. I'm just one part of the team that brings you tape notes. It relies on your support. If you'd like to donate, please head to our website. Once again, thank you for listening. Until next time, goodbye.